It's that time of the week again for A Healthy Obsession, the podcast covering soccer culture from around the world with myself, Adam Farwell, and the show is brought to you by Small Goal Soccer. Today we are off to Italy, to the city of Milan, to talk to Naomi Accardi. Naomi is the editor over at Season Magazine. We're going to be talking a bit about what has been going on over at the magazine. She also works and specializes in branding in football. So we're going to be talking about that crossover of branding and fashion in football, as well as loads of different bits on women's soccer and everything else in between. Hope you enjoyed today's show and thank you for tuning in. Cheers. So what sort of stuff have you been working on? Have you been working on much in, in the football related? Uh, okay, so basically what, what I say that my day job is, is I do brand strategy for brands. So I help them develop, you know, the, the, a, new way, a new way of communicating. But then um, on the side, but now it's like kind of like entrenched in my, in my work. Um, I write about football and culture. So over the past two months, I've had more time to actually, you know, concentrate on that. And I'm the editor of a football, um, a women's football magazine called Season Zine based out of the UK. And I've been able to work with my team more closely on how we want to bring the publication forward and on content that we wanted to release for a long time, but we never really had the time because all of us have a uh, different kind of like nine to five if you want to call it like that mm. um, so what I've been doing um, is researching and writing a lot about how the women's football industry is changing and what's next for it basically interesting so like and when women's football is going through a sort of renaissance period at the moment have the have you seen over the last maybe few years how that came about was it the women's world cup or is it just like overdue that people are becoming a little bit more aware about the women's game in general yeah i think it's like a bunch of things all together i feel like football is a reflection of goes on in society like in general because it's such a popular game and it brings out the best or the worst of people in any case so the you know i've been questioning myself and i've been inquiring about this a lot to other women that work in the same field um because there has been a, a massive spike in attention and like media coverage and sponsorship and funding and just like in general talking about the women's side of the sport which if you think about it before 2018 we didn't really think about like we didn't really hear anything that that you know um in depth um, about the, the women's game. And I definitely think that, you know, the Women's World Cup has had uh, its, re- like his, its effect on, on this, on the popularity of the game now. But what led to it, I think, is also the wider um, movement around, you know, equal pay and, um, gender equality and all this kind of stuff. So I think ultimately uh, the reason why uh, women's football is like raising and, you know, getting, gaining more traction and attention in the world is because people are starting to look at uh, any sport 
for women at a more viable uh, entertainment outlet and um, just something that you can make um, a living out of. Um, Mm. It's not just about football. I think it's about many industries. Of course, football has always been like mainly men dominated. But if you look at countries like the US, for example, uh, women's football is way above (laughs) the men's game. So Mm. um, I think it depends, like it's it's really like rooted in the cultural pattern of the country that we're discussing. Um, and how society has been evolving in general. Um, this is just a reflection of that. Um, yeah. And it seems like women have been underrepresented. You just mentioned that like in the game, but also like broadcasting. And have you seen a, a trend where that's like maybe like mass media companies and even like season and, and different companies that are emerging are, are taking that more seriously to get females more involved in the game, which as you described, football's kind of been dominated by by men for a long time. So is, is that trend changing? Are companies made it, making a more concerted effort to um, overcome that? I, I think so. Um, I think so because like every, like every business, um, once it becomes like a tangible way of uh, discussing a matter, um, I feel like businesses and media and brands and anything like wants to get behind the movement um I, honestly if it's bad or good i don't like i don't want to really um say but mm. i feel like it's good because you know i've always been the kind of person that's like oh my god you're jumping onto the bandwagon just because it's trendy to do so um but i've started to look at things in a kind of different way now <laughs> with this. um it's okay if people jump on the bandwagon if it brings benefits to the cause. So if it's, you know, as long as it's a genuine interest that people are putting and it's not just like for clickbait um, traffic, I feel like it's, it's good that it's happening. And definitely there is many brands and many, uh, media outlets that are, uh, you know, investing, quote unquote, in the sports and in the game uh, over the course of the past two years, more than they have ever had, just because now there is an audience for that and, you know, they need to fit into that demand. Um, also, you cannot really ignore the fact that football is, be- like women's football is becoming something um bigger um i mean there is the the u.s national team is doing a great job at advocating for themselves so is the australian um national team and in general there is a lot of women that are being inspired by the stories of these football players um to come forward and you know get interested and get behind the movement and go to the stadium and start reading about football and just doing stuff with uh, within this industry. So for me, it's like, of course, it's, you know, some of it is genuine, genuine, some of it is not, but as long as you talk about it, there is no bread press, basically. Like, that's what mm-hmm. I've started to think about because um, the only way to get to people and get, like, get something out there, concept, concept or a, a 
a subject out there is by talking about it. So, um, I mean, of course, you need to leverage on your own critical thinking when looking at stuff and like reading about uh, the sport and, you know, wanting to know more. Um, but it's it's growing and i think it's a great thing i mean there is a lot of stories that i didn't even know about that are coming and they're surfacing right now or that i'm finally getting to know because there is more people talking about it or even i that i work in women's football or football in general people are reaching out to me telling me hey like there is this story you should know about it you should write about it you should interview these people you should talk to these girls and stuff like that um especially coming from a fashion uh, background um a lot of people in the creative industry have been used a lot of women in the creative industry have been using football as like a leisure uh, activity so a lot of like these little amateur leagues are starting to pop up where people just uh create football teams as a way of like office bonding or just like friends playing together and um and they never done it before because before if you were a girl on your time off work you weren't going to play football on a wednesday night you were going for you know happy hour with your yeah. friend now there is a lot of people that are using football as the ground for you know networking and um, getting to know each other better and just like team building which yeah. i found great no, def definitely. And that kind of ties in with, you mentioned earlier, you're the editor at uh, Season magazine. So how did that come about? Season covers a lot of these pieces that you just mentioned. So uh, how did that come about originally? Yeah, so actually, uh, <laughs> I've, I, like, I was born and raised into a family that dealt with football directly because my father was a football player. Uh, but growing up, I never, like, it was kind of embedded in my life because, of course, I was around that environment. But I didn't really care for it until, like, later in life. And I actually first started writing about men's football or in the men's uh, game um, with a magazine called Mundial. Um, it's, like, great lifestyle publication based in the UK as well that um, has a subject matter football culture and everything that comes with it and so I started working with them um, first doing some interviews and then I expanded into their fashion um, uh, section I would say I was uh, creating and creative directing um, uh, fashion meets football editorials for them and then um, about four years ago 2016 um, I kind of like found out about season on its first issue and it was a magazine targeted towards women that had a connection to football but also where uh, fashion and they were in fashion and in creative industry so it kind of defeated you know the stereotype of the the football fan um and it resonated very much with who i was as a person because i had a background in sports um and a really close tie to football but i was working in fashion and so i reached i bought the magazine i reached out to them saying thank you for doing this because it was, i was just like really uh in awe for the work that felicia our founder um 
did. And just like, of course, like any small new publication, we started talking. She first interviewed me about being the daughter of footballer working in fashion. And, um, and then two years later, so 2018, after uh, contributing to a few issues, they've asked me to come on board as an editor at large for the magazine. And now um, I've been on the team for two years and I've been helping um, Felicia and the rest of the girls that I work with to expand and you know look at how we can best platform stories of women and not only women honestly that um, you know champion football and fashion. Mm. Uh, one of the things I when I was reading over season is like kind of the repositioning of the perspective of the female role in football, which for a long time has sort of been this like wag culture and like that type of um, image has been portrayed. So I know this season is, is repositioning that. Is, is that something that is coming down from um, like society? Like you said, it's a bit of a reflection of what society is looking I for. I think so. I mean, I, can't, I, I don't want to judge that stereotype of the wag whatever because that's just what sells in any kind of industry you know like the, mm. the aesthetic that kind of aesthetic wins in every in every in every industry if you look at tv that's what people want to see you know sure. so i i don't i don't you know i don't condone it but i really don't uh want to attack that i think that the fact that there was never a representation of a different kind of fan or uh, football aficionado, if you want to call it like that, is because mm. there was just not an audience. But also, like, it's kind of like a, you know, a, a dog that bites its own tail because as long as you don't platform something different, there is not going to be an audience. And until there is not an audience, people are not going to want to invest in that kind of different, um, you know, uh, perspective. So uh, what we're trying to do is to give space to the different kind of women and people that are part of the football community worldwide, whether it be women, the LGBT community, men that vouch for the women's game, um, and we're just trying to show that there is not only one category of football fans or like people in the football community as it's been uh, portrayed so far. Um, but I don't, I don't, you know, I, I for me, it's really just a, a fact of what's going on on a broader scale, basically. And do you see it as almost like the, the forming of, of new cultures within football? Is that what's, is that what's happening? I think so. I think, you know, uh, finally, I can speak for it, Italian football mostly, but in general, like, I feel like football has um, finally realized its potential as a brand more than mm. just you know, a club. So um, it, this, what, what comes with it is the fact that clubs are positioning itself, themselves as brands rather than just pure sporting uh experiences so even if you're not somebody that cares for the game on the technical side now you can be part of something that they are selling you um or providing you an experience they're providing you which 
leads us to you know the new collaborations the new projects that they're popping up and as I was saying before football is like a sport for everybody because you literally don't need much to understand it or and everybody has a memory of football or soccer however you want to call it so Mm. I think that being it so accessible um, it, it was just a matter of time until when it became something that elevated it off the streets because if you think about it football has always been something that uh came from the streets rather than, you know, a more elevated kind of environment. And uh, it became, you know, a a new kind of mm, topic of discussion for many different people. Um, Before it was just like disregarded as something that the boys were were doing on Sunday afternoon. It's a sports for everybody, which is ultimately what football has always been. And you've seen both sides of it. So you mentioned you've lived in the States and it's a stark contrast between the cultures, a football culture between Italy where it's life and death, right? And and you've lived and experienced it here in the States. What what are some of the things that you noticed while living in Los Angeles, uh, just as far as football culture goes in the States? Um, so... I've now it's been 10 years since I lived in the States, but um, what I noticed is that the culture, I mean, football is definitely not the number one choice in sports for the American, the average American, I guess, basketball and American football come first. Um, And 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 baseball, of course. (laughs) Right. Sorry. And baseball. Um, (laughs) But I guess like, you know, since there is a lot of Hispanic and like uh, people from Latin countries in the States, what I was noticing, especially in LA, is that the Mexican community and um, all the other um, neighboring countries, Hispanic countries, were really big on the sport. So of course, like they 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 were as passionate as we are uh, as Italians about the sport, but they just don't have the access to, I guess, uh, their, their, their home country uh, teams because they are all living in the States. And I, I did go to some um, bars where they were showing games, but it wasn't just, it wasn't as popular as here. Um, the, I've been to one uh, Los Angeles Galaxy game when I was out there. And I have to say that the crowd was really polite. Uh, it was like just the energy is really calm in comparison to what's going on in a stadium in Europe or in Italy, uh, which I find really funny. Uh, but that was many, many years ago because I've also been to the Staples Center, for example, and like that energy there was completely the opposite. Like I can compare the Staples Center to San Siro here in Milan when there is a big game, you know? Uh, <laughs> So, but it's not just to uh, like uh, in the States like that. I lived in um, Dubai as well. And in Dubai was the same kind of thing. But I think it's just because the, you know, it's not just, it's just not the game that people are going after, I guess. I don't know. And also because if you think about it, for example, like I, it's a much more popular sport for like girls than men. Mm. Boys. 
When you come back out this way next time you're in Los Angeles, you, you need to go to a, a LAFC game because that that's like a stark difference now between what you just described for a Galaxy game and what LAFC are doing. It's it's like they've got it right. The football culture there's amazing. Yeah, I mean I haven't I haven't been to uh, any other games out there, so I don't really have a big perspective, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, for as far as, as I'm concerned, my, most of my Friends from LA don't care about football at all. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, I only have a few that care about it, but they're you know uh, Hispanic. So. so and like that's that's the interesting overlap between kind of what you do, right? So the transition into football work from fashion and and uh, writing, being an editor. So w- what interests you most? Like what what got your interest up about the crossover between football and fashion and the the world that you live in? Uh, well, what I'm mostly interested about is how actually football uh, influences style as a whole. Um, people have been wearing football jerseys out, out in the street for uh, forever, like since I can remember, to be honest. Mm. Um, I went to school wearing football jerseys, you know, <laughs> I was a, a special kind of child, but um, it's just football is such a like uh, international currency and language that the the interesting part where fashion and football meet is because it's such the the styles that um that brands are well now not so much anymore i would say that like the vintage jerseys and like the vintage kids and the vintage style of the football players um uh, we're much better than now. Now everything is so performance based. Mm. But their influence, the, the the football, the like the stereotypical football player influence uh, style uh, on on pop culture has always been like this idea of a kind of like a chavy or like tacky person, right? Mm. And we've went through a period of time during the 90s when that was just the style of people i guess and nowadays now we're going back through a period of time where style is like all about ugly like do whatever you want basically nothing is ugly whatever you like is fine so i think people are kind of reclaiming that narrative when it comes to um football and style but what i'm most interested about is how literally football can connect to anything and um how it brings people together so the the reason why i started i guess being like this researching more and putting uh the foot the fashion of football at the center of my practice is because um i've i've i see football influences in everybody without them knowing because the tracksuit style um, that has become popular lately um, is something that comes out of, you know, the kids going from home to play in the streets. And um, that's just something that is, you know, intertwined with the cultural pattern of the European, I guess, um, environment. And it, it just like really brings you to like if you start looking at football like how football connects to any person 
um, they will mention a jersey or something that they remember from their childhood, which is like maybe the Nike total 90s, which were like super popular here, I don't know, in the States. But like it's something like an iconic piece of clothing that comes from um, the football culture or some hairstyle of a player from the 2000s or the 80s or the 90s or whatever. So the two things actually go hand in hand together. Um, being like football stars, such a big uh, item for pop culture, I guess. Is there a player that is like your favorite as far as style goes? Um, I really like the Italian players from like the 80s and 90s. Mm. Uh, 2000s I have to say that here like we went really on a trash style situation <laughs> but um, all the you know uh, Maldini, Del Piero all of them like 90s 2000s more than 90s I guess well yeah, not, late 90s um, had a really uh, interesting style I don't really have one favorite one I would say like I guess like the most iconics are like Baggio, uh, Maldini, uh, all of these, you know. Is the uh, is the Baggio haircut gonna make a comeback? I mean, mullets have kind of come back already. If you yeah, know. yeah, I liked that. That was that was my favorite. Yeah, he had a great hairstyle, I have to say. But uh, I mean, I, I I prefer like the personality of footballers rather than their styles. Uh, mm. I have to say that. Growing up in my visual landscape, footballer has had like an interesting, like a more quirky uh, style than something that I would look up to. But yeah, I I I I am like impressed by their hairstyles more than anything. Uh, the Ronaldo triangle, you know, that little patch of hair that he did with like bangs, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, Tati's hair. Um, who else? Yeah, Baggio, all of them. Really, really great. Well, Italian footballers have always got hair to envy anyway, so you could like name off the whole squad almost. Yeah. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> so as far as like, just going back to the brands real quick, is, is it seen, have you seen like a saturation point almost? Because a lot of brands have dumped on and got involved in football over the last few years. Do you think we're at kind of a, a saturation point or do you still think there's... A lot of brands kind of coming in doing some some cool new stuff. Uh, I think there was a point where it was oversaturated, exactly like last year around well, 2018 around the men's World Cup, and then 2019 around the women's. Uh, during the women's World Cup, uh, definitely there was a, an inflation of football style um, brands that had never touched upon football did uh, like Acne Studios released a whole collection like a whole football collection they never did before mm. and they are one of my favorite brands but like I, I was like what are you doing and like many many brands um, jumped on that as well um, and towards the end of 2000 well yeah mid to end of 2019 there was like a period where too many people were uh using football as an inspiration and i was like oh my god this is gonna crack but now i think we're gone we're going back on a trend where uh only the brands that are actually interested in taking inspiration good inspiration from the sport are uh 
are, are are making products that are really good. And are some of those brands uh, we were talked earlier about women's football. Are some of those brands uh, get, getting more heavily involved in women's football? Or is there a couple that are, are going heavily, like whether it's Nike or Adidas? Like who, who's going into the women's game a little bit more aggressively? Uh, you know, yeah, the the big sportswear brands definitely have uh, put a lot of money behind the the game. They've mm. started releasing um, women's female fitted kits, female fitted jerseys, and all this kind of stuff, which I don't necessarily uh, like. I prefer the loose, you know, oversized fit. Mm. But even even for football boots and stuff like that, now like they have different styles and things which I'm not really sure if I'm positive about it because they, it seems like they still just use pink to make it like girly and or targeted towards women. Mm. Um, they, they did definitely um, sponsor and finance many spin-off creative projects from other, like from communities and uh, creative people around the key cities in Europe and the States. Um, and one big milestone for me is the brand Loewe that has used Megan Rapino as their testimonial. Um, mm. it's, it was the first time that a high fashion brand has leveraged on a woman uh, footballer to uh, do a, an ad campaign. So there has been some movement definitely, um, but there's still lots to do, I think. Uh, what are some of your other favorite brands? You've just mentioned a couple there. Is there anyone else that stands out that's just doing some really cool stuff at the moment that's worth checking out? Um, there is a couple of people that are just um, like designers that are doing handmade stuff um, mm. that are really, really cool. Um, there is this a girl from London called that has a brand called Ankuta Sarka. She's like repurposing football boots and making um, heel shoes out of it. Um, she's mainly working with Nike. They're actually pretty cool. Mm. Um, and then who else? Uh, in terms of football, um, well, there is a project that I really like that it's called Acid FC. They are from London, and they what they do is just like they make merch based uh products um that are inspired by the game they made a really cool scarf last year i think that um um i really liked and then mm. who else do i like uh oh we just posted somebody really cool on season oh there's this girl lois sanders she's basically from manchester if i'm not mistaken she's taking um football scarves and turning them into really cute tops and shorts and um uh skirts um she's definitely doing a really nice job mm. and then in terms of bigger brands uh Oh yeah, sorry. There is this one that I. There, my friends are from Amsterdam. It's called Lack of Guidance. Um, their whole brand is um, inspired by football culture, and they usually um, create awareness around problems that are in football, um, like racism and stuff like that. Um, and they, but they're just really cool. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. They tie it in with a uh, social cause as well. That's really cool. Yeah, um, 
and they they yeah they're based in Amsterdam they're really really nice other than that oh nobody else comes to mind but I have a really bad memory so yeah you didn't you didn't do too badly considering you've got bad memory <laughs> yeah I guess like those are the ones that I've been following the most but then every day I find out somebody else different that has uh, created some piece of is football inspired um, products basically do you, do you think that's because the barrier to entry has become lower or do you just think it's more accessible to find out about stuff now I think it's more accessible to find out about stuff now. Mm. The communications out there, you know, social media has definitely uh, massively cut the distance between product and consumer. Um, if you put a little bit of work of research, you can find anything and everything. And right now, especially that the world is moving more towards sustainability and repurposing of stuff um, there is a lot of cool little projects that people are pushing forward and of course it's really easy to access um, uh, you know vintage uh, jerseys scarves and stuff like that so people are um, using those oh there is actually um, a really cool project called 1886 if i'm not mistaken yeah and they use old arsenal uh, memorabilia to make clothes out of nice oh, that's really cool yeah apart yeah, from yeah. apart from the arsenal part but i mean that's yeah, like the <laughs> but they do really cool they use like um those remember when they used to make like bed sheets mm. um, off anything like pop stars football clubs basketball teams whatever they they took some of arsenal and made some um like shirts pocket shirts out of it i've still got my uh cantonar bed spread so there you go you could repurpose it into a, a shirt that's <laughs> not a bad idea so we got a lot of people in, in our own community that are creative types so anyone that's getting involved in the creative side of football kind of the intersection of what we've been talking about what are some of the things that you would recommend for anyone focusing on that part of the game that's like a, a good path to follow as far as the, the creative part of things I think uh, my advice is just like to, you know, it, whatever you want to do. So whether you want to do a football inspired brand, whether you want to focus your uh, photography work on football, there is a lot of stories and realms within the football community uh, culture that can be explored. So for me, it's just not just, you know, push beyond what is, you know, at the surface and, it will be, uh, you will find many interesting things to bring to the public, I feel like. What like I've noticed with this research and uh, work that I'm doing is that I always tend to find uh, new people to connect with. And I, sometimes I'm surprised of, the people that have a football story to share with me and I would have never imagined. So if mm. you're a creative person per, per, pursuing a, you know, a, a path in football meets creativity or football meets fashion or whatever, um, you, if, if you really push the, you know, the envelope or you push the, the boundaries that are out there, you will definitely find somebody interesting to, connect with and for example for me a really good example that I can um, I can put out there is I, I have a friend in New York her name is Ebony she's an amazing 
um, producer and creative soul. And she's the mother of a young football player. She, he's just a teenager, he's playing football. But um, when I was researching for some stories to um, discuss with season last year, she pointed me to Pele's daughter, who is an amazing photographer and film director and she was actually filming a documentary about the women's community the football women the women's football community around the world and um and just by that connection like by all being in the same creative field we've connected and i've actually had the chance to interview her about her documentary so you my advice for people that want to pursue this kind of um work environment work path and want to merge creative work and football work together is to just be open to whatever comes your way because honestly with football and the creativity uh you will always have doors opened and you will meet amazing people um on your path yeah that's really good and uh, kind of kind of finally to wrap up what what is some of the things that you've you see happening next in football and fashion what are the the next parts for yourself but also just the the industry at large well for me for me specifically i'm trying to get out of fashion so uh i've i've done my share of things for it and uh, now it's time for me to uh, concentrate more on a cultural kind of um, environment but um, what we're trying to do with season is to really um, have the chance to expand and connect uh, different kind of creative people and football people together and um, we're hoping to you know bring different kind of uh, women uh, into the same space and have them conversate and maybe bring some creativity out of the footballers that never really thought about it or give you know the creative people some football guidance so that's what we're doing with the magazine and what we're trying to give space to but in the industry at large what i'm i think is going to happen next is that clubs are really going to take their brand um, power uh, seriously and they're going to start um, coming closer to the football, uh, sorry, to the fashion um, and creative industries. They're going to start um, releasing more merch. They're going to start uh, marketing their players or something more than just a athlete um you can already see it with art well ours sorry to bring this up again but arsenal is doing a really good job they've um partnered with um 424 which is a los angeles based brand and they've uh created um suits in collaboration with the brand and hector bellerin as part of the creative process um, of course Hector is like really outspoken about his creative endeavors and like his interest in fashion and his family um, ties to it. But I think that's the route that more, uh, more and more clubs are going to take and try to um, break into like a more creative um, field to, of course, profit more and like just reach more audiences, I guess. Because Go on, sorry. The- uh, sorry the merch right now is like really technical and you really have to be a real fan to wear it to go out but if they create something more uh casual and like informal and to go out actually people that are not maybe a fan of the team or like die hard uh fans are gonna buy it anyways 
Uh, yeah, because I was going to say I saw like Manchester United rolled out their equivalent of like quote unquote like streetwear. I think it was last year, and like me personally, I, I'm not sure I would rock around the town in like uh, with a club badge or or something. Yeah, like I think it has to be more subtle. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, are you seeing that with players as far as their own stuff? Like, there's been players that have tried to, well, some of them are doing it successfully, but uh, are rolling out their own brands as well. Yeah, well, Megan Rapino is the perfect uh, yeah, Rapino, yeah. Um, example. She's she's created a really cool, I guess, sport athleisure, I would call it, brand. Pink mm. uh, that has gained pretty a lot of traction, it seems like. And uh, for being somebody that comes totally from you know a sports environment, um, she's taken it to a really good level of creativity I feel like mm. and and then like my I mean what like the only guy player I guess that I am aware of doing a lot of like creative stuff and like being involved is uh, Hector Bellerin but there is other footballers like Mbappé from PSG that is like a really big fashion icon or like he's really good friends with Virgil Abloh for example mm. and they are starting to become their testimonials and they're spreading the, the word, you know? Yeah, definitely. No, this, this has been a, amazing, really insightful. And before we let you go, is there a spot where people can follow you on social media or a website where people can follow your work? Yeah, I guess like my, the best uh, way to follow me is my Instagram, which is at Naomi Party and uh, my, the magazine I work with. So season, which is at season uh, underscore Z. Perfect. That is great. Well, it's been it's been a pleasure, Naomi. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for um, having me. No, no doubt, and stay well, keep healthy. You too. <laughs> All right, that's it. It's the end of today's show. It's full time. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and checking us out. And thank you to Naomi for being part of the show today. We'll be back on Tuesday with myself and Thomas Hurdle for the weekly show. And until then, be well and healthy. Cheers.